Welcome back to the Spicy PL Podcast. Last episode of 2021. I mean, first episode of 2022 for Mr. Ian Bell we got here with us. He's already living in the year 2022. Joining us from Okinawa, Japan. A man that doesn't need really much introduction. Kind of a living legend in the making. Ian Bell here with, uh, you know, as always, Big Babble. Big Joe Capolino. You know, what's up, man? What's going on? So yeah, Ian, how what'd you do for New Year's last night? Anything good? Uh, you know, I had a nice New Year's with my mother. You know, who we went out to dinner. You know, really, really chill, chill New Year's. Yeah, man. So yeah. yesterday, well, I guess yesterday, um, official World Games uh, invites came out. Obviously, you got yours. You knew you were on there, but it's always good to see it on paper. Congrats, man. Appreciate that. Nice. Um, so Ian Bell, man, I didn't even go and count how many world championships you have, but you know, for if there's someone listening who doesn't know Ian Bell, his best single ply numbers, mainly a single ply lifter, is a 395 kilo squat or 870. Just did that in November. Um, best bench of 265 kilos or 584. Was that in, at nationals in Daytona? That was, uh, nah, that was at a, at a local meet down in San local Antonio. Meet. All yeah. right, San Antonio special. And then, you know, <laughs> the legendary status, best deadlift of, I don't even know what this number is in kilos, but 862 pounds, which is 391, maybe? 391, yeah. <laughs> and that was in special. Yeah, that was at Nats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a half deadlift. That was sick. Anyway, <laughs> sick numbers. Just uh, give, and then also, if you're, you know, curious why we think Ian's such a legend. So, four-time collegiate national champion, uh, many-time junior and open national champion. I didn't even go back and count. Um, how many junior worlds? Three. Um, man, I think I think four. I got a raw junior world in there. <laughs> well, yeah, one raw junior and, and probably at least three equipped juniors and uh, multi multi-time medalist in the open world circuit like myself still looking for that first dub and uh already a one-time world games participant and this is your second one coming up so um usually we you got any sponsors you want to shout out before we start the uh the meat of it yeah um of course i want to shout out titan support systems i mean they've been sponsoring me since i was like 15 so they've always been there always been helping me out sending me you know loads of deadlift suits every year um but yeah that's about it awesome ian, man ian how many uh magazine covers you got do you have you got some magazine <laughs> covers too right from back in the I, day. yeah I, <laughs> one one powerlifting usa yeah magazine cover that's right like, that's a legend we're gonna talk we're, yeah that goes down in the history books we're gonna talk about that and that run of uh <clears throat> pro deadlift wins eventually because that's pretty cool but um I mean, first thing I want to ask, I, we obviously we we competed together at Worlds this year. We spent some time together. Um, I was down in Austin, so like we had a good year. But I noticed um, in November at Open Worlds, people were excited to see you. People were excited, like, "Oh shit, that's Ian Bell," because you haven't been um, to Open Worlds in a while and kind of been taking a break. So, you know, my first question is like, after taking four years off of of not not a serious international competition since the last world games in 2017. Like is Ian Bell here to stay? Are we going to see 
you consistently at world championships or is this a, just a world games run and then you're going to focus on other things? No, I'm, I'm here to stay at this point. I think that I took that four year break. I mean, I was finishing up grad school and I was trying to figure out like if this is something I really wanted to do or if I was just doing it because, um, because of external reasons. So yeah, it took that four years off, like figured out like what, what I really wanted to do with the sport. And I figured out like, man, if I do love this sport and if I can keep winning and being competitive, I might as well do it as long as I can do it. So after this world games run, I plan on going to worlds next year and the next year until, until my body just snaps. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're at. That's cool, man. Because, you know, for a while there, um, you know, I know after the last World Games, like we lost Charlie Connor to retirement, and uh, I was worried we were going to lose you, but it was good to see you back doing things that you always used to do and even more. So that was awesome. Did you feel like, you know, how was the experience at, at Worlds this year? Like, did it feel like it used to, or is it like, I know over the years for me, Worlds has gotten better quality productions, like being there every single year. So every year feels more and more exciting. Like, I don't know, after being away for so long, if you if you have any specific thoughts on the competition or, or Norway in general or how it went. I mean, Norway was great. Like, I feel like the, uh, the platform itself was great. I always loved not lifting on the stage. That was good. So like lifting on the ground was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the production, the production felt, it felt more, well, it's kind of weird, right? Cause like my last international competition was world games. So I can't really compare it to that. Cause like that's on a different level. Yeah, that shit was great. But if it, it did feel like professional and it felt like, like, oh, like this is a, you know, like it's gonna be on TV and shit, you know? So yeah, I know like you that. did some junior world meets that, you know, you lived in, in like a high school gym oh, right. in like Germany. Yeah, yeah. I've, been in, I've done I've been those in... too. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to Hungarian middle schools, you know, lifting out worlds and things like that. So this felt like an actual sports competition, and it was cool. Awesome, man. Is is the long-term plan for now uh, to stay with the USVI? I know there's a lot of powerlifting federation, and I know you have some ties, so I was curious about that. Yeah, um, planning on staying with USVI and just ride, riding that out. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, I already had to go through the mess of like switching once and I don't want to do that twice. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a whole, a whole process, but I think sticking with USBI will be the easiest. And I think just allowed me to do what I want to do um, yeah. as far as international competitions. Seems like Joe, text, Joe that's what you're planning on doing too for the, for yeah, as an, I'm as an athlete, with, for at least I'm sticking with USBI as an athlete. I, I don't <clears> want to um, take the time to switch back. And I actually, I've said this before, and this is Ian's interview, but I had such a great time in Norway. And if Ian and, you know, Newt and Alex and Greg and um, Jeff Douglas are going to stay part of the team, and obviously Ian's dad, Coach Gene, like, that's where I want to lift. So I just want to lift with our team, you know, and I only got another year left. So um, I'm just going to stick with the boys, roll with the boys <laughs> for 2022. And then probably hang it up and then I'm just going to see where the dust falls with everything else, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. see where I can help lifters in, in, in single ply equipment. I'll just help wherever the gear lifters are, help them, you know, Ian, um, you, any, any plans to travel to uh, the Virgin islands? Um, not this year. Uh, Cause I know they got their nationals in February. 
Uh, so I won't be able to make that because I can't swing two, yeah. two trips across across the world in one year. Um, but hopefully next year, I'll try and get down there and do the next. I've never been to the Virgin Islands, so I just want to go just to see yeah, the Virgin I, Islands. I have, bro. I have. Do a little meet. <laughs> I've been there, man. So I'm I'm more Virgin Islands than anybody. <laughs> been there. <laughs> but um, what it I like I know what you're doing, but what you know for people listening, and we have a lot of international lifters actually because that's where a lot of the single ply lifters are. Like, what are you doing in Japan? How long are you there? And kind of like what's going on in that arena of your life? Yeah, so I'm down here in Okinawa, which is a small little island off the southern coast of Japan. Um, when I was moving over, I was like, oh man, like I'm like right off, right off mainland. No, I'm like a three hour flight from Tokyo. So I'm a little down here. Um, but I'm over here working for the air force. Um, I'm an embedded social worker. So I'm kind of like in the squadrons and the units, um, providing mental health services and education and, um, just trying to make mental health more accessible for people. Um, so I got here back in September which that was a whole mess. Cause when I flew down here, I had like eight weeks to get ready for worlds after I got to Japan. And then two of those weeks I had a quarantine. So I couldn't even go to the gym. Basically I had like six, six or five weeks to get ready for the meet. Which like at this point, that's kind of all I really need, but it was cutting it close. Yeah. Um, I saw some of your training. What do you think that affected your final outcome? Like obviously when I watched you squat, I was like, oh shit, you know, he's, he's on, but you know, maybe on the bench and dead, like typically you may be expected to do more. Like, do you feel like the training affected it? Yeah. I mean, my deadlift took a big, big hit. Um, cause I couldn't train with any comp weights. Um, I did ship my bar over here, so that was helpful, but you know, I was pulling like on bumpers a lot. I was pulling on those, you know, rubber hexagon plates. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was hard to get a good feel. From That's deadlift. tough in a deadlift was, suit, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. This shit was terrible. We've um, all been there, but idea. that's rough. Did you have trouble loading that's enough weight with those plates? Uh, on squat, for sure. Yeah. On squat. Luckily, they had some hexagon hundreds in the gym. So that was <laughs> that was fine. Um, but on squat, like I, it took me – I had to go find a gym. So then I was driving like an hour yeah, what to gyms? get downtown. What gyms were you hitting So they up? have – yeah, shout out to Naha Jim um, and my boy um, Taiki down there. They um, there's a little powerlifting gym with some um, IPF lifters, a couple of raw IPF lifters down there. Um, but they had some kilos, and I was like, "Hey, I want to come down here. I need to squat about, you know, between 360 and and 380 or 390." And they're like, "We don't have that much weight, but we'll find some weight for you." So they they bought extra reds just wow. so I can come down there and squat. Um, and they were awesome. They were, yeah, they, they were super helpful. And I go down there once a week just to hang out with them and, and lift. Um, but that took like three or four weeks to find that gym and get connected with them. So before that, I was just, you know, squatting with rubber hexagon plates out of a power rack, out of a hammer strength power rack, and, you know, almost just having to tippy toe out the rack with like 800 pounds. Jeez. So. Yeah, I made the training tough, but figured it out at the end. But the Japanese, I think their powerlifting is is very niche, but uh, their gyms are very nice and they're so hospitable. Like the the people in general, just Japanese people in general. So that that's really nice that you found that gym and, and those lifters to to let you to let you live with them. 
How's yeah, it? they let our hug over asses yeah. lift with them in Tokyo, so that was good. Did they, they're, they're they show you like the local nice. the local spots and like uh, get you fed and all that stuff? They find they they show you some good stuff. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So the owner of that gym owns like an Okinawan soba shop, like a noodle, oh, noodle wow. shop. And so yeah, he fed me pretty good. And he has a special like if you bench, I think if you bench two hundred keys, and then if you have twenty inch arms. And if you beat him in arm wrestling, you can eat for free for life. Wow. So, so you're working on the 20 inch arms. arms. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on the 20 inch arms. I'm working on the raw bench. Does he have 20 inch arms? He does. The dude's Jack. And I think he was like a Japanese like arm wrestling champion. So he has like an arm wrestling stand. Oh, so you got to beat. That's gym. probably the hardest part then, being him in arm right, wrestling. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of things need that's to work sick. On. So, like, does everybody just hit that gym and then go to his soba shop after? Is that the ritual? Pretty much, I think they do it sometimes. Yeah, but he has like three or four soba shops. Oh, wow. he's like Okinawa's most interesting man. He's a cool dude. That's sick. We got to go to Okinawa now, dude. <laughs> if, if they ever drop quarantine, like I'm down to take a trip. You know, I would have loved to do a trip, yeah. just a training trip. But it, I don't think. 2022 is going to be like a time to just go over there for leisure, you know? No, but, sucks. But we got to put that that gym and that soba shop on the map. I hope other people <laughs> yeah. do too. You yeah, know, hit them up. <laughs> Dude, we've been saying we got to go back to Japan since we left, but it's just not the timing is has not been right. Yeah, I mean, Ian, has Japan been? I guess as different as every other place in the world because of COVID or like how, like have, had you been there before in the past and you know, what's it like living there now? Like, does it seem pretty normal to you at this point? Yeah. So this is my first time in this part of the world. Um, I know when I first got here, everything was locked down. Like you couldn't, um, there was very limited spots. You could go off base. Hmm. Um, you couldn't dine in in a restaurant. You couldn't go to bars. You couldn't go to any amusement parks. Um, couldn't go to museums. Like you couldn't really do anything. Uh, and then things kind of opened back up. You could start doing stuff, you know, eating out in restaurants. But now with the new variant, they're shutting everything down again, pretty much. Um, they, I think Japan closed their borders a couple of weeks ago for any tourist travel. Hmm. Um, I, if I wanted to go back home, like I'd have to get a special form signed by my commander to allow me to go back home and I couldn't fly commercially. I'd have to fly through the military. Jeez. Um, yeah, yeah they so might be putting you on a military flight for world games, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fly <laughs> bell over there. F F 35. Put me on a jet. Put me on a jet. Wow. Real quick. Dude. But Japan, Japan's been dope. It's been it's been dope when, when things are open. I mean, you know, the food is amazing. Um, like you were saying, the people are super hospitable um, and nice, and they don't yell at me because I don't speak Japanese, which I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, it's been a really cool experience. Nice. So you're a Texan, living in Japan, yeah, representing the USVI. Just, <laughs> just you're just a man of all cultures and continents oh, man um, of the world. that's right so you feel like moving forward especially the next seven months like your training you have a solid plan and and what you need to be the best ian bell in july 
Yeah, I, I feel good about training now. Like I'm, I'm settled in. Um, for half of my training cycle, I didn't have all my gear here. It was just, you know, in the middle of the ocean coming over to Japan. So I got all my stuff here. I got a, I got a gym that I can go to if I need to hit some heavy numbers. Um, I got a crew that I've been training with, you know, shout out to Corey Jenkins, Dana McNeil and Daniel Kerwin. Um, they were super helpful with my lead up to worlds. So I, I feel like I got everything, you know, in place to be able to train hard and, and put up some crazy numbers. So what goals awesome. do you have? What what goals do you have, obviously, other than winning? You know, do you have some numbers you're trying to or some lifts you're focusing on? Get that bench up? Yeah, I'm always trying to get the bench up. I, I mean, feel that's like been you an could, internal struggle. I feel like you got – it's it's coming. You know, I feel like just from when we trained together in Texas, I feel like it was really progressing. And uh, I think I think you could put some more on there. Yeah, I think I just got to keep working it. I need to probably get in a tighter bench shirt. Um, that's probably the next step, getting the actual real bench shirt. Um, not be afraid to crank that collar down. Um, but yeah, I, I was really disappointed in my deadlift at Worlds. I mean, that's the worst deadlift day I've had, I think, in my life. Um, I haven't pulled that light. You know, I only got my opener 804. And, I mean, I don't know the last time like I ended with 804. It was a while ago. You think so it was, really it was due to the training back up. or like, was there something that day, you know, did you, do you have to cut any weight or like, was it situational or is mostly because of the, just the, the tough training camp? Um, I think it was partly, I didn't get the volume I needed to in training with my deadlift. Mm. Um, and then I was gassed. <laughs> I was just, I was just gassed when I got to deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's why fast, I took a man. little more. It was fast, yeah. yeah. You can't, you why, can't like recreate it in training. Like you just can't. The speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It always, it always surprises me when I get there. Um, and you know, I hit three squats, and so that last squat took a little more out of me than I thought it did. By the time I got to deadlift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, so who- like lo- long term. Long term, I know obviously like we have this short term thing with world games and we're trying to place as high as we can, you know, you're, you're, you're in a position where you can train to win. You know, for me, it's, it's pretty doom and gloom for super heavyweights because of the new scoring, but obviously I'm trying to medal, but like past world games, like what's your long term goals in, in powerlifting? I mean, I want to, I haven't won a world championship yet. So like, I want to. I want to get one of those. Um, and then I feel like I can't even think past that because, like, that's always been my goal since I stepped in the sport. It's like, I want to win an open world championship. I'm very grateful for, like, the junior world titles that I got, but I think Cap, we're on the same page. It's like, you know, open is what it's about, right? Like, those are the ones that count. Those are the ones that really go down in the record books. Um, so I'm just trying to grab one of those. I want to grab the 105 deadlift record the world record what's that um, 388 oh, that's so easy. yeah i just got it <laughs> right, yeah. there. <laughs> right there you already done right it there. you already did that <laughs> so i just got to put it all together in, in a more competition and, and snag that um but that's really that's really the two goals that i have right now um, that's a good lift win. that's a good list you know world championship deadly world record you know, that's a good list. 
Now, who's uh, who's putting your shirt on out there in the training? Oh, I got uh, I got my boy Daniel helping me out with my shirt off there. Okay. Yeah, my boy Daniel Carwin. Why? Are you worried about it, Babel? I want to see him bench more. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Babel? What's your bench? <laughs> Listen, there's like there's like uh, there's a whole spectrum of equipped benching. On one end, it's Ian Bell, and the other end, it's me who can't even perform a comp style bench. My shirt is so tight. So Ian needs to get get somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I got the be- I got <laughs> I mean, the bench on my mind. Like, <laughs> I'm putting on my own bench and training. Really, like I'm just slipping that on. Too, no, we can't have that. It's too loose. That's not it. I know that's not it. Yeah, we need to get so you I back need... in Scott's garage in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where shit goes yeah. down. We'll make you a World Games winner. Do you, do you miss Texas, Ian? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I miss Texas. I miss I'm, I miss all my people. I miss the brisket. I miss Waterburger. I miss all that stuff. Yeah, I'm planning on going back this spring. Do a little do a little another Texas camp. I just got to convince yeah. Scott to train with me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Scott in the Yeah. He's down the dumps right now. Or something. <laughs> is he retired? <laughs> he nah, he, he's got to stay in shape. So I had this question as well, and I think I know the answer, but I think it's a curious question. Like, um, so you, you won the first official Raw Junior Worlds back in 2013, right? Yeah. Do you have any future aspirations to do anything with raw competitions? Uh, short answer, no. Uh, <laughs> I've always like equip lifting is my is my bag. I I love it. Um, I it's exciting for me. Raw lifting is uh, it doesn't really feel like a meet when you do it. I mean, even I was at when I was at World Worlds, I was like, man, this shit's pretty chill. Like it's not nobody's really hyped up or anything. Um, I just did it because I had the opportunity to do it. Um, but now, no no aspirations raw. I mean, I can't even squat raw anymore uh, because of my hips. Like, both of my hip labrums are torn, so I couldn't even break depth if I wanted to uh, raw. So, couldn't do it anyway. What tore your hip labrums? Uh, squatting over and over and over again since I was 12. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually we were talking. I was talking about this with my training partner the other day. Like we were talking about people who are built to squat and people who aren't built to squat. And for some reason, we were talking about you. I was like, he's not built to squat. Like you can tell, like you got long legs and like your squat doesn't look natural. But you're a huge squatter in gear. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't look like it's natural for you. It looks like it's it's t- you've worked on it. Like you're strong and technical. But like obviously, like if if we both had shorter legs, we'd lift more. <laughs> That'd be great. I, mean, I would love yeah. to have shorter legs. Yeah, but I feel like that the wear and tear when you're long, you have longer limbs, it comes quicker, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I went to, I mean, my hips were pretty bad. That was also part of me taking like a four-year break or like I couldn't, I couldn't sit down in a chair without pain. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't walk. Like everything hurt all the time because of my hips. And I went and saw a doctor and he was like, yeah, like, you need surgery, but if you ha- if you have surgery, you won't ever be able to lift again yeah. for the rest of your life. And I was like, I don't know, I guess I was like 26 or something like that. It's like, damn, I can't be having you know hip replacement <laughs> surgery when I'm 26. Yeah, I feel um, like Blaine had the same kind of deal going on. Like he just didn't squat raw after a point. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I've done a lot of like physical therapy and mobility work. Well, like now I can, I can squat raw, you know, 
maybe not heavy and maybe not for like six months straight, but I can do it when I need to do it. Um, but I got to be careful on like how, how I treat my hips because I don't want to be back in that place where I can't even squat the gear. Do you wear briefs a lot? Yeah. Or do you have like, uh, no, you have like the compression pants. Uh, do you wear briefs? Like how often, I guess, uh, like outside of a training cycle, are you wearing some sort of support in there? I mean, leading up to the meet, um, I'll definitely get into some briefs, you know, maybe like 10, 12 weeks out just to protect my hips. Um, but as long as I'm doing like the rehab work that I need to do at this point and wearing those slingshot scuba pants, mm. um, like I'm good to go pretty much right now. I just got to be careful, be careful about it. I've, re- I've tanked my volume on my raw squat a lot. Like back in the day, I just, I would do like four sets of eight at like 70% and then do some tempo squats and then do some hack squats and then do some Bulgarians. Um, you know, I can't do anything like that anymore. So it's more, my volume's a lot lower. I'll try to push the intensity um, when I can, but just like decreasing the amount of squats I'm doing in a training session um, has helped out my hips a lot. Yeah, we trained like fucking morons when we were 23. <laughs> I was doing all kinds yeah. of wild shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. <laughs> uh, how many five by fives I've done, I can't even count, but I, I don't do that shit no more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was doing wild shit like, you know, we'd have like a full three hour, you know, squat session. And the next day I would go out and run sprints, run some 20s and some 40s and some 100s. And then I was doing like plyo box jumps. I was pulling a sled. I was doing like jumps out of a pool and shit. What? I was trying. I don't know what I was trying to be. I don't know who I was trying to be, but it was the most powerful man in the world. Champion <laughs> of the combine. Yeah. So I was also. This is a random question, but I was wondering this too because obviously, like you're known for the deadlift. You're you're Ian Bell. Your special specialty is deadlift. Like, if you did win an open world and you won a world games, or say you did three world games in a row. Is there ever a point where you try like um, doing one of these deadlift meets, like with a deadlift bar and trying to, you know, do some hundred kilo all time world record deadlift, like go smack around Yuri Belkin again, like back in the day, something like that. (laughs) Or is that like not, would you not cross over into the untested for that reason? Um, If I was a crossover in the untested, it would be like, I'm, I'm about to never lift in the IPF again or I could win $20,000 or something like that. I think that'd be the only reason I would do it. Like that doesn't really, the all time world records. Well, I'm not saying you'd have to use, I'm not saying you have to use testosterone, but you just would go and try to pull 900 pounds raw on one of these bars. Yeah. I mean, still like those are only two situations I would do it. Otherwise, like, you know, pulling in a deadlift bar, it's a different sumo deadlift. So like then I'd have to get that would be like four months out of my life where I'd have to get used to that, and then it would take me out of like how I deadlift with a stiff bar. Um, so it had to be like basically a commitment to like a year of getting used to that. But I pulled on a deadlift bar before. There was one meet I did back in Austin. They they had like a competition. They were giving away I don't know like five hundred dollars, and I was like oh, I'll do it. So I trained for like three weeks, and I think I pulled like. I can't remember how much it was. I remember like they do, like, yeah, eight twenty-five raw, some shit like that. Yeah, I got, I got, <laughs> yeah, so I got ready for that meet for like three weeks. I did like four deadlifts on a deadlift bar and, and just kind of hopped in there. It was it fun. Looked, 
Yeah, it looked it was it was a pretty wild raw deadlift. I I forgot about this story, but that makes you think like if you train for it and did like one of these stupid ass deadlift meets where you know you can set some all time world record or like lift against Yuri Belkin and fucking John Hack at a hundred keys. Like, I don't know. I think you'd be able to put like another hundred pounds in deadlift. <laughs> be yeah, pretty cool. I think it might be I might be worth if I can get my deadlift training right, it might be worth it sometime down down the road. Yeah, man. So I need, I, this is the Ian Bell podcast, but I need to ask you what your favorite Gene Bell story is of all time. Oh, man. <laughs> favorite Gene Bell story. That's hard. Um, <laughs> huh. I guess I don't, I don't know if I really have a favorite one. It's hard to it's hard to think about because like I can't think about a meet because my dad he doesn't say anything <laughs> during a meet. Like I can't get two <laughs> words out of him. Um, like a meet I'm you've done, him. yeah, yeah. Like when he's coaching me, like I barely talk to my father, and he and he doesn't give me any feedback. It's just like a yes or a no. Bro, he was I back think, there when I was lifting and he didn't say a word. And I was like, I go to Mike, I go, Gene, Gene's never seen something so stupid in his life. <laughs> <laughs> when I was warming up the bench, I was like, he doesn't even know how dumb this is about to get. <laughs> I guess my favorite one, it was, I was doing like a local meet. And so, you know, I had at a local meet, you know, in Texas, I got like 10 people around me running around. Like yeah, it's, it's the gang. It's the gang. Yeah. yeah, the whole squad's there. And so my dad was just kind of chilling in the back and, you know, we're in Texas training system. So we got this huge warm up room, right? All kinds of platforms. And somebody has like 650 loaded up on the bar, um, warming up for deadlift. So my dad, you know, he's in there. He likes to dress up when he goes to meet. So he's in his polo. He has some like starch jeans on, some cowboy boots. Um, and he's just kind of chilling in the back. And then I turn my head cause like, I can't find my father. And then I find him and he's on a platform and he's like set up to deadlift like 650, like in his full getup. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is he doing? And then he just goes down there, rips that bar off the ground and like does it for like a triple. And mind you, this is like four years ago. Like my dad is 65. Yeah. He don't look <laughs> he 65 just, though. Yeah, he looks good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he just he just knocked that out for a triple and everybody's like, what? In the hell that I just witnessed. That's crazy. And he just like kept, he just like walked off and just like took a seat and took a sip of coffee. It was like just bizarre. In, yeah, he's in like the age range of like Dave Dave Ricks and like everybody, you know, rightfully so. Everybody's like talks about Dave, like you know, but like your dad can out deadlift Dave easy. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I think my dad he's like, I mean, he's like seven eight years older than Dave. And I mean, I still can't out raw bench my father. Like, wow. There's you no way. His, my... You see his fucking arms? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't think like, I can out raw bench... bench your dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could probably, if he wanted to, he can get under 450 and he can press it out. I was going to say your dad could, could take that Soba Shop record, probably. <laughs> Send Gene over there, you know? He probably got 22s. Yeah, he still got the 20s on him. He still got it on him. Jeez. So did anybody provoke him to do this or did he just, you know, why was he deadlifting 650? Did he warm up? Like what happened? No, he didn't warm up. He didn't warm up. 
you know, he's in some starch Levi's. He just walks over there just for shits and giggles and he pulls it. But every now and again, like we used to be in the gym, you know, someone would be talking about the deadlift or talking about their bench and, you know, talking big about it. And he'll just slide on their weight and he'll just rep that out. And he won't say anything. He'll just walk off. I mean, you can tell when you see him, he tra- he's trained. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's obviously in the gym. It's but. just to, like, get people to stop talking. He'll just be like, you know, some somebody saying something stupid, I'm just going to go over here and, and do this real quick. And then, you know, just everybody <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, you know, you, you've been lifting for a long time. So, like, did your dad write your training then when you were a teenager and coming up? And, and is it the same now or are you writing your own training? Uh, so, yeah, my dad was definitely writing my stuff um, back in the day. And then when I went to college, I started, like, writing, writing my own stuff. Um, because, like, when I was a kid, it was just like I show up in the gym I'd ask my dad, what am I doing today? And he'd just kind of tell me. So I don't know if he was writing it down or he just was like doing this thing in his brain every time he walks in the gym. Um, but it was just like, hey, what do I got? And then I would do it. And then like, that'd be the written workout. But when I got to college, I started like planning it out and charting it out. But it was with the information I had gotten from him kind of training for those six or seven years. Um, and then we just kind of collaborate back and forth on, on writing the training together. So basically, like we write it, we write it together every training cycle. That's good, man. That's good. So you've never had a coach other than yourself or or Gene? Um, no. There's been some people who offered, and I've definitely thought about it. And I talked to my dad about it, and he was like, "You don't need that shit." (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "All right, fair enough." (laughs) Awesome, dude. Well, it seems to be. So I did get right. to. I got some help from. I got some help from Jonah Leo for a hot second on my bench. I think that was like back in 2016 and 2017. Shout out Jonah Leo. Did it work? Yeah, shout out Jonah Leo. <laughs> uh, um, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what about Mike Womack? You ever get down to Womack's gym? <laughs> oh no 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 no! no. I never <laughs> I never went down there. Uh, no, maybe I need to. Maybe that's the secret sauce that I need in my life. I might need to, man. Um, so I was looking back at like your meat results of all the years, and there's a lot of them. It's like fucking hundred meats. But <laughs> you won the Arnold Pro Deadlift in 2012. It was the first. No, 2011. You pulled. Yeah, seven eighty eight to out Wilkes Brad Gillingham, like yeah. that was crazy. So how old were you in two thousand eleven? Like eighteen, nineteen? Um, yeah, I was eighteen. No, nineteen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was twenty three. I'm I'm four years older than you. But like, did you go into that thinking you were gonna win, or was that like a total surprise because you were so young and and like, you know, and and you did a lot of the GNC Pro deadlifts. Like, do you do you miss that format? back when it used to be on the main stage? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it was like, that was one of my dreams when I started lifting because I would see, you know, Brad do it all the time. And, um, you know, Brad was like kind of one of my kind of like deadlift idols kind of growing up in the sport, especially early on. Um, so it was, when I when I did that first time, I had no expectations of winning. Like, I just wanted to get there and like be on the same stage, like with all those monsters. 
And my dad, you know, he would like crunch numbers and be like, hey, you got a shot. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just want to like be able to show up and lift on the same um, platform of Brad Gillingham. And so, yeah, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite memories of competing. Um, one of my favorite meets that I've ever done. Like that first meet, like it felt like an out-of-body experience. Like I felt like I was watching myself deadlift on a stage. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I don't know what year it was, but there was that like cool picture that like still I see getting shared around of like someone took a picture from the rafters of you yeah. on the stage, like about to deadlift. And you could see like there's like 5,000 people and that like that was pretty cool. But I want to ask you because, yeah, that was crazy. So it, like your attempts were 711, 744, which is a 33 pound jump and then 788 to win. So obviously like your dad was crunching numbers and you went out there to beat Brad Gillingham, which at the time, like, everybody went to the pro deadlift to just watch Brad try to pull 881 or, or whatever. There was always rumors like he's going to try nine this year, whatever. <laughs> so, so, I mean, a few years later, you know, you pull 810 and then I think you pulled 854 at one of those. Yeah. So like you pulled 854 in 2015 Mm-hmm. so now your pr is 862 like does it bother you yeah. that your deadlift has been stalled around 860 for the past six years <laughs> yeah it bothers me a little bit um i think for like early on it bothered me a lot and like that was just like my own ego because like back then right like i pulled 852 and then people started talking to you like oh when are you going to pull nine? And like, Yeah, I would have put my money down. You were going to pull nine by now. Right. And like, oh, you're going to pull a thousand by the time you're 30, blah, 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 blah. So like that kind of got in my head a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I got to do this shit. Right? Like I'm on this trajectory. Um, but then like I hit a certain spot where like, you know, my hips started getting messed up. There's periods where I couldn't sumo deadlift for like four, five, six months. Um, and so that kind of threw off kind of the, the progress that I was making. Um, so now, like, I think I've given myself a little bit of gratitude and compassion to be like, well, can't do the things I was doing before and it slowed down some things. And, you know, once you reach a certain point, you can't make the same gains that you were making, you know, when you were 18, 19, you know, 23. Um, so I think I've shifted my expectations on, on what I think I can, can accomplish. But there's still like a little piece of me is like, damn, like I need to pull nine out of pound. Like that needs to happen. Uh, yeah, you can't have this this guy from Poland pulling like, you know, 925 and not locking it out. And that being the heaviest deadlift <laughs> in IPF history. That's some bullshit. <laughs> so this is kind of like my last like official question before we get probably into some other stuff. And I'm sure Alex has some questions. So you mentioned like you really remember, like have fond memories of that meet. I was gonna ask you, what is your favorite meet you ever did? Or what's like your best powerlifting memory? Um, man. Two come to mind. The first one being my second, my second Arnold, I think. Um, I just, I've just, I've never been so jacked up for a meet. Like, I just felt like my whole body was just vibrating, you know, or I think that's the second one or third one where they have that picture from the Raptors. I mean, it might be the second like the one. Arnold. I mean, that, that looks like your first 800. 
Yeah. So like pulling 800 for the first time, it was in front of what felt like a million people. Um, you know, they had the announcers, they had the lights going crazy, big ass stage. Um, it just felt like a, like a full on production. And I love living in front of a crowd like that hypes me up. So that was, that was an amazing, amazing experience. It felt like a, it felt surreal. Like it felt like a dream come true. Um, and then my first junior world, definitely. Um, I think that was in uh, Poland where I lifted against Europe. Um, so I had did South Junior Worlds and then I took a, a, a skipped a year because I got with my dad and he was like, you ain't got a shot at winning pretty much. So let's not go, let's wait a year, let's train and let's go the next year until you have a shot. And so for a year, like that's all I was thinking about. I was like, I need to get back to Worlds, I need to get back to Worlds. I hope I can get back there. And then getting back there, and I didn't think I had a shot at winning because everybody was talking about Yuri. He's supposed to mop the floor with everybody. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to go out there go out there and do the best that I can, hopefully get top three. Um, looks, like you swept, lift- you, looks like you swept the leg, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was lifting. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like fucking, I'm on today, right? Like I had a pretty good squat day. I didn't bomb out in bench, which really like I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Anytime a bench is don't bomb out. Um, and then I got the deadlift and like just feeling good. And I didn't know what was going on. Like I'm, I'm not one to like watch a scoreboard or anything like that. And yeah, we skipped my second deadlift and I was like, all right, cool. I don't know what the hell's going on, but like, I don't need that. Um, blow what the, <laughs> like at that point, like in my head, like you put anything on the bar, I will deadlift it. Like no problem. I don't care how much it is. And so we skipped the second. And then went out for the third, um, got it. I think it was a world record at that point too, before uh, Eric Gunnan took it. Yeah, um, I think right so too. Seven ninety nine in a full meet. I, I remember watching it too. It was a world record. Yeah, and yeah, and then beat Yuri on body weight. And I was when I found it out, I was like, I was lit. And um, so yeah, that was a that was a great moment, like winning that meet, and then the night after that meet. Also top three. Get lit. Yeah, that yeah. that that is cool, man, because it is funny, like uh remembering the the really close competitions, I think those ones always stick out to you, you know, like um and I've had so many deadlifts to win or for placing and I've missed most of them. But uh I remember those more than, you know, the you know, cruising around at nationals and stuff like that. Like you don't remember that stuff, but that is yeah. cool, man. Because I'm looking at the real the the pass in the second deadlift, that was like the MO of the junior world team for years. <laughs> yeah. it, it, everybody passed their second deadlift. It was like <laughs> just what just what you did. So it was a Saint Saint Romain special. Yeah, man. It got a lot of dubs. It 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 worked. It got a lot of dubs. So awesome, man. Um, Alex, you have any official questions? Yeah, well, I just wanted to talk a little bit. Um, I'm curious because Ian, you're, um, I guess, very cognitive. Uh, you know, I, I think you're maybe very introspective. You're a smart guy. Uh, you're in touch with your, the psyche, you know, in your profession. I'm curious, you know, on on meet day, like, what's your thought process? Um, like, what's how do you prepare yourself mentally and like what are you thinking because i know like you're you're usually like pretty quiet i think on meet day but i'm sure there's a lot of things going on in your head so i'm curious uh what those things are 
Um, so I usually like really start thinking about my mental preparation, maybe like two weeks out. And so right after like I create my plan of like, this is what I want to do in the meet. Then after that, it's just kind of like this process of managing my expectations, um, not setting my expectations too high or too low. Um, and then just kind of managing the anxiety kind of leading up to the meet. Right. And like managing all the thoughts, like, oh, I hope I don't bomb out. I hope I don't mess up. What if I forget something? Um, going over to the meet, just trying to frame myself in this positive mindset of, you know, I have a plan. I'll put all the training together. Um, I've done everything that I can do and I feel prepared for this moment kind of coming up. And then when I get to the meet, it's just kind of staying, trying to stay as relaxed as I can. Um, I think one thing my dad told me that I'll never forget is you only have so much adrenaline in your body, Like your body can only produce like a finite amount of adrenaline, you know, whatever per day. And you don't want to, you want to, you don't want to blow that too early before you lift, before you're able to get to deadlift. So I'm trying to stay as like chill as possible. I'll listen to chill music. Um, I'll watch, you know, chill movies. Like I'm not trying to do anything that'll hype me up. Even when I'm warming up for the meet, like I'm listening to like some smooth jazz, you know, like some nineties R and B. Um, and I wait to like the very last moment until where I need to like turn that shit on and I'm, then I'm blasting, you know, ASAP Ferg and I'm getting hyped up. So like, I'm pretty quiet, like leading up to a meet, but like in the meet, like I'm, I'm pretty hyped. Um, and I'm always, <laughs> uh, like I'll, I'll talk a little shit, like after a big squat or after a big bench, Maybe not like a little shit, but like I'm hyped. Like I'm talking out loud, not mm -hmm. yelling. Um, yeah. But I'm really trying to. I, I I turn it on, and then as soon as I'm done, I try to turn it back off, and I try to get back into a, like a relaxed space and calm, and just kind of mentally preparing and visualizing what I want to do uh, on the next next lift. A lot of visualizing for me, uh, kind of throughout the meeting. That makes a lot of sense. I'm glad I asked because I think. Uh... You eloquently described, I think, what a lot of people do, but I guess like saying it and actually, you know, I guess just describing it, I think is a good roadmap for some people to try. Like even myself, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I usually like get hyped up maybe too early. <laughs> I'm too yeah, hyped all the that. time, you know? I think controlling I it and then turning it on, that, that's, that's really uh, kind of insightful. I used to bring a box of ammonia caps with me and, and use one every single lift. And I stopped that years ago <laughs> because I was like, I'm burnt. Uh, like I can't even bench. Like yeah. I was having trouble getting, getting ready to bench in between, in between squat and bench. My heart rate was so high from getting overhyped squatting and just like all this shit. So I try to like, sometimes it just happened naturally. Like, like I was saying in Daytona, I was so hyped squatting and I didn't even mean to be, but I was like crying and shit. I couldn't, I couldn't contain it, but yeah. you know, at worlds, I tried to stay calm. So I didn't like blow my fucking load because I know that, you know, I have to bench and I have to get to the deadlifts and I hate fucking missing deadlifts because you're gassed or you're, you know, you're dehydrated or you have no adrenaline left. Um, so I agree with that. I stopped trying to like get hyped up for squats and bench even just try to go out and focus on executing rather than like overhyping. Cause Deadlift is the one where you could, you could add some kilos if you if you have that jolt of energy or adrenaline. Like the other ones, you can't. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of yeah. sense. I, I'm glad that you shared that. Maybe other lifters out there could could glean some uh, 
some info from that. Try that out. Maybe I'll try some of that stuff out. <laughs> uh, Ian, who do you think is the GOAT? Oh, Gene Bell. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Without, without a doubt. Come without on. a question. That was, that yeah, was a layout. I, I mean, I love this question because, I don't know, like, I feel like my dad is so is so slept on. And I think knowing his personal story and, and everything that he's overcome and all the adversities that he's had to overcome that nobody will ever know about, and that he was able to do all that, be active duty in the military, you know, deploy to all these places and then fly across the world and then show up at senior nationals when, or, you know, I don't know. He's the goat, right? I mean, the squad's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. He's a bad man. His bench is crazy. If you go back and look at the numbers, it's crazy. Like, Alex, remember the episode where we we did like then versus now? Yeah. And so I was like, all right, Gene Bell versus Russ Orhee. And I was like, so then we're looking at it on paper. I'm like, yo, it's not even close. Like, we did Russ Orhee so dirty because Gene Bell is just so much better at any body weight he competed at. It's not even fair. And then, like, I also, that's why I also love Tony Harris so much because he would tell me, like, I didn't really train much or like I had to train on the ship. Like, I could like yeah. all this shit these guys have to go through and then get to a meet is crazy. And then also one of the funny things is like, remember the interview we did with Sherman? I'm sure Ian, did you listen oh, yeah. to that one? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, Sherman, so you used to coach the open world team, like, you know, from 2002 to 2007. And he's like, let me tell you about Gene Bell. <laughs> <laughs> he's <a> complete lifter. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, it didn't even matter what the question was. He, he wanted to talk about Gene Bell and like, I mean, it, it is crazy. So I agree, man. I, I respect that one. And people forget, like, Gene won World Games, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even, like, at his peak, he wasn't even, he was already injured at that point. You know, my dad, he can't he can't turn his hands past about right here because both of these bones are his radius and ulnar fused together. So, like, he can barely, you know, do miscarp when he deadlifts. Really, and he used to pull. He used to pull sumo. So, like in that Hawaiian uh, record breakers meet, he pulled conventional, and I think he pulled like high sevens or something like that. He had to go conventional because he got ran over by a car, and he oh. could his hips didn't work anymore. He couldn't go wide. Mm. When he was pulling sumo, he pulled mid eights, and wow. so like that's crazy. You know, it's 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 crazy stuff like that. I didn't know that. I'm sure crazy. a lot of other people didn't know that. The crazy stuff I heard that he's done in training, like, you know, repping out 800 pounds, raw on squat, um, you know, repping out, you know, five, five thirty for triples, yeah. raw on bench. Ashton I mean, who? It's... Ashton who? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he took a nine... nuts. Repping eight. He took a he took a nine oh three attempt at one ninety eight. That's in, insane. In nineteen ninety. There's hardly any gear yeah. in nineteen ninety. Yeah, ace, I mean, ace no. bandages. That's what, that's, what, it's just insane. It's just insane. But yeah. what about female powerlifting? Cause you know, we don't sleep on female powerlifting on this podcast. Who's your mm-hmm. goat? Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say Bonica. Yeah. I feel like I have to go. I feel like I have to go with Bonica. Yeah, I mean, equipped and raw, and nobody's been able to touch her for like a long time. Full games. I mean, she yeah. has, she yeah. has a resume. I think she's sure. the most decorated lifter, like 
of all time between Raw and Equipped. It's just like hard to, you know, sometimes there's not competition for, but I mean, she, I, I just don't know who, who would come and beat her. Like, so yeah. it's a solid answer. That's, that's our goat. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite active lifter to watch like right now? Ooh. Um, that's hard because I always want to go with my boys, right? And I've trained with, you know, so many strong <laughs> people. So, like, uh, I trained with Ashton, you know, Ashton moved to San Antonio when he was still high school. He, he trained with me and my dad. And we kind of, he had, I think, just started powerlifting. So, we kind of kind of pushed him more into the sport. Um, so I love, love watching Ashton lifts and he's just crazy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. doing crazy, crazy things. Yeah. Um, yeah. No disrespect to Ashton. I mean, I think that kid is one of the best power lifters out there right now. It's fucking insane. He looks like an alien. It's wild. He's a very nice, <laughs> very nice, humble gentleman too. Very nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. The shit he's doing is crazy. He got a little, he got a little money a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Who, yeah, who, gets bangs. Who's um who's like in the back of your mind like who's who's your biggest competition right now le- looking into world you know world games who are you worried about like it's like there's a few guys but um like who, yeah. who do you think is gonna be the biggest challenge who's looking good um I don't really even think of it like that um the the way I kind of frame it is like I just kind of Think about what what can I hit at this meet, mm-hmm. and whatever I hit will will be where I where I fall, yeah. because I can't really, you know, you can kind of do this thing where you can game plan and powerlifting, but it usually never works out <laughs> when you yeah. do game plan. And you try to project what people are gonna lift. That's so smart. it's almost like an exercise of futility. So I'm more just kind of focused on like, what can I do? How can I adjust my training to lift as much as I can, and the chips will fall kind of where they may. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly like I don't really look at the roster that much. I don't even look at who I'm competing against that much. But I always know there's going to be two Ukrainians and two Russians probably that are going to be a problem. That's um, a, that's like the Blaine answer. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Ian, Ian's nah. a student of the game. Ian knows. Ian knows the lifters. Blaine didn't even know who the lifters were. I asked him who yeah. if he was worried about bike bike chop. And he was like, I don't know who that is. I was like, yo, you're insane. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you gotta, you gotta at least know who, who you're competing no. against. Now that, uh, I mean, but that makes sense. Right. I mean, in powerlifting, right. You, you think about what, you, what you can do. It's just, it's all numbers. Right. So you just prepare yourself, do, do the best you can. And when you're the lifter of your caliber, you know, it's just like, you just gotta do what, what it takes to get it done. So I was just curious yeah. if there was like one guy that like kind of shown out as like the out like the top dog. Is that in Zarkin or probably where they're all yeah, kind of I mean, similar? Zarkin's a monster, so I'm definitely got to you know worry about that. He's in the ninety threes, um, and I know the top three in the ninety threes had crazy GL scores. I think all three of them. Um, yeah, all three of the ninety three scores. Beat, yeah, know, all the one hundred fives. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's gonna be a problem, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I always look forward to competing against, you know, the Russians and Ukrainians. I have a lot of respect for them and their lifting. Um, you know, I always know it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's never easy. They're always gonna be there, dude. It's, it's like, yeah, they're always there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about world games is like they combine weight classes, right? For heavyweight or whatever. Um, can you weigh whatever you want to weigh? You still need to me- make make one hundred and five. Like he needs to make one hundred and five. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. They should just but like he's, he's at the upper end. So yeah. pretend the weight class is is one hundred and five max, but and then uh, the one yeah, below is, is ninety three max. Can he's ninety? Still, can ninety? Top of the can ninety three is weigh whatever they want? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. But if you want to set your weight, you can set weight class world records. Ah, uh, yeah. You have to make weight, but most people don't care yeah. about that. Okay. Like all the one twenties in uh, four years ago weighed like one twenty two or whatever, because mm-hmm. at that time w- when it was on Wilkes, it was more. It was you know you just wanted to be heavier. Like it, being heavy didn't really penalize you. Some people now with GL score, the reason that the ninety threes aren't necessarily more impressive than all the one hundred fives. It's just that the score is kind of skewed to the lighter end of each class. Mm-hmm. So people might want to be on the lighter side i saw kind of all like just because i pay attention to my weight class but kind of all he stepped on a scale the other day and posted on instagram it said 149 hmm. i was like he, he already lost 10 keys yeah so hmm. i don't i don't know if that's his plan to yeah. be competitive with the 120s but people might think about that okay yeah so ian might be thinking about that right you're gonna you're gonna get down there get lean on <laughs> soba noodles <laughs> Your little little yeah. edge yeah, no. I mean, I gotta get down there. I need. I need to get a little leaner. Yeah. To get, get what are you? What are you weighing right now? I'm. I'm two thirty four right now. Okay. Right which there. Is, which is good for me. I mean, I was. I was fat before. Uh, I was walking around. I've had a hard time keeping my body weight down the last couple of years. So if I can stay like at two thirty four, um, I mean, if I could walk around at two thirty one, that'll be great. Um, but yeah, I need to get the body fat down. Well, I mean, Japan, the food is amazing, but I mean, it's a little bit different from the Texas food, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit better for you. You know, you get some good yeah. carbs, but keep the fat down. More, more sashimi, less, uh, brisket. Yeah. <laughs> sir. Be all, right. all right. Well, should we devolve into just, uh, you know, should we wrap up the Ian Bell show and just devolve into just talking about what's going on in powerlifting a little bit. Ian, you got another like 30 minutes to spend or? Yeah, I got another 30. All right. This game, that, that Alabama game, is, it's trash. It's so, over. It's over. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You, oh, you got poor sense. Yeah. You got half hour till the next one. So let me see if I can share my screen. I can never, I want to just share the world games stuff. The noms. Uh, yeah. It's oh. always disabled anyway. Yeah. I'll just share. Um, Tell me if you got it. Yeah, I can see your screen. Oh, here we go. That's nice. Go to the women's. See the women's first. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really see anything that, like, bothered me on this one. Um, You know, Larissa, like we thought, got the uh, IPF. She got a a wild card IPF, which is a new thing. Um. But, like, obviously, Larissa's going to get in. She's, like, the three-time reigning champion, and she just happened to bomb out of Worlds, which was crazy. And we talked about that, but she got a wild card. I figured she would get the European wild card, but I guess someone else got that. The other thing people have been talking about and going crazy over is Heather Connor in the lightweight for the U.S. Yep. Um, So someone was messaging me, like, do you think this is right? And I was like, listen, first of all, I was like, 
the host country doesn't have to pick from a regional or international competition. They can pick whoever they want. I was like, second, she had a really good IPF score in Daytona. I was like, I don't know the math. I'm, I don't get into math that much, but she doesn't wear equipment, but maybe she is worthy as a spot. I don't really know. You know, I don't know if you guys have yeah. an opinion on it. Well, we, we kind of knew about this a little bit early, right? We kind of had some, yeah. some sense about it. Um, I'm curious, like, it sounds like she's embracing equipment, right? She's not going to lift raw. She's going to wear equipment, She's not right? lifting raw, no. she's She ordered gear. That's uh, what she told me. So, I mean, if she's going to lift equip and the math works out and it gives us, you know, it gives USA the best shot to to score some points, then it makes sense to me. I, it's It sucks because there's other, you know, there's other female lifters. Are there other female lifters in the lightweight class that are getting... I guess it's just not, the really, wor- not, not American lifters. Yeah. I mean, and, and not any, U- uh, they ain't from our team, so, not USBI. So how, how do the host country wild cards work out exactly again? How many, you get two men and two females and you can pick them wherever you want. From, yeah, I think so. Okay. So like what are, if people are complaining, like what would they, you know, what would they well, say? Well, like la- la- so four years ago, Poland picked, um, Christoph Werbicki, the deadlift guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never lifted equipment before in his life. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of this. It's kind of a similar thing. They they picked whoever they wanted. So I, I kind of see it as that, yeah. and people are just freaking out as powerlifting America, whatever. Yeah. So I guess there are other there are other U.S. females that could to take that spot. Like, uh, I guess, like how would. Bonica, she she's not lifting, right? No, no, she got she got oh, the she's second. In. Oh, she got it. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So Bonica's in. Yeah, that's right. So then that's the thing. The thing with with U.S. equipped lifting, and is, this actually goes into people are talking about like what's equipped lifting in USAPL going to be like? Because you know, equipped lifting is is really centered around the top lifters. We don't have the volume of just random ass lifters that started powerlifting six months ago and now they think they yeah. they should go to nationals that's like pretty much what raws that's why there's thousands of them but the elite equipped lifters pretty much all jump ship just so they can compete like i said on the pod a couple weeks ago like equipped lifters don't care about pro cards don't care about money we care about glory like we're this special breed of idiots like we don't yeah care about any of that stuff you can't lure us in with like five thousand dollars like i don't really care we'd rather go compete at worlds so all our best female lifters mm-hmm. lifted as for us virgin islands yeah so the oh. only the only big name is natalie that you don't see here right and, yeah, yeah i think only... so one of the things was that she bombed. you know Bobby, uh, it sucks for natalie it sucks. because obviously she would she really would be does. deserving of a spot um but like one of the rules it, it happened with usvi where they said you had to have a total yep and then i think same thing uh technically the the pool that power thing america chose from was daytona yep so again you don't have a total there it kind of yeah. sucks and it all comes down to one meet heather yeah. connor does yeah no you know, that's so. i'm just trying to think like you know who who here should is it you know isn't here but should be here instead of heather and it's just it sucks uh, for really Natalie, you anybody. Know? Yeah, yeah, you can't really think you can't really think of anybody aside from Natalie, but it's unfortunate because she bombed at Daytona and that was what they were using. So it's hard to argue for it, you know. It sucks. Yeah. Um, One I'm bummed about is Chloe. Chloe's first alternate. I'm hoping she gets in because yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. 
Um, the Anna Sorley Haranger. <laughs> she got in. She was the girl who got screwed by uh, the, the whole deadlift debacle in the 84s. Oh, yeah. So Gaston made good on his word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess her score looks good enough that she yeah. made it, but. Right. So, um, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we won't do early. We won't do early predictions yet. We'll wait till. Um, yeah. But go go to the men's now. I All think right. the men's has interesting shit. All right. So, so one thing about the light, and this worries me about equipped lifting. One thing about the lightweights <laughs> is Ian. Did you read the full email that they sent us to like let us know we were, we were in? But I haven't yet. There was like a if you like the USVI email, but it was a forward for, from what IPF emailed the Fed, and it said, you know, just a note about this is that only twelve men finished with a total that would be eligible for the white the lightweight class so basically everybody who totaled that worlds in the 59 and 66 got in so tran definitely fucked up but like so they there's two guys who got last place at worlds on here yeah we, you know that got in because there was only there was like five 59s and seven 66s total that finished rough. and didn't bomb yeah, so that's crazy. So that's rough. But I mean, Tran kind of got fucked over. Tran got fucked. Absolutely. He got fucked. Yeah. Yeah, because he obviously would have outscored one of these guys. Wow. You can see the reserves. They're all. It says GL rankings. These are the the reserves. None of them actually competed at Worlds. Wow. Because everybody who competed at Worlds made it. That, that's crazy, and it worries no. me a little bit. Like the 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 fifty nine class used to have a bunch of little guys in it trying to fuck with Fede Senko, but I don't know if these guys are like discouraged or whatever. Like, they, did, you know, did, like did Ivan? Uh, did he bomb? He must have bombed. Yeah. He bombed at yeah, Worlds, he bombed. but he's he's still a reserve from just GL range. Yeah, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna get in. Yeah, down there. Wow. wow. Okay, that's what it is. So look at the middleweights. Let's see what we got here. Middleweight's no. pretty standard. Our yeah, boy, no our surprises. Boy, our boy Alex Mayer's in. He made it. Yeah, shout out Alex. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no surprises there. Uh, no wild card shoved in there. Um, shout out to Alex. Made World Games off probation. Yep. You know, he's kids having a great end. Great end of 2021. <laughs> yep. You're gonna fucking kill me for that. Dude. dude, he posted it on his Instagram story. So I, think, I know, I know. You know. Yeah, <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, no, keep going. Right, um here we go. This is where this is Bell. This is Bell, but uh Noah got it for Powerlifting America, which I think makes yep. sense. Yeah. He was like the last <clears throat> the best remaining GL score that didn't come over with our team. And yep. lift with the boys, and he's I think actually good. he might have wanted he might have wanted to lift with the boys, but didn't didn't get on the team in time or something like that. Yeah. So with, I mean, I'm, he, glad, he got, I'm glad Noah. Yeah, I'm glad Noah got in. Uh, Noah was one of my favorite lifters to watch. Uh, speaking of that, like, he's gonna be he's really good. Lifter. Man. He is really I mean, good. Yeah, so I took my squat record. Some of his training, I'm watching, and I'm like, damn, he's coming. Like he yeah. he he's gonna be in the mix. Um for placing and stuff. So yeah. I'm glad. Also, he's the first, the first brother, sister world games. Is it a first? I've ever, 
I don't know. It has to be right. I'm, like, I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably some powerlifting historian that's gonna, you know, pull something that, out. That's of gonna rip us a new asshole. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's I don't gonna, know, but yeah, Kimmy obviously for U.S. Virgin Islands made it. We didn't touch on that, but um, Eric Cordero Taylor. is jump chomping at the bit for this one. He, yeah. he knows it if it exists. So Ian, in summary, for Team USVI on the ladies' side, we got Kimmy, Taylor, and Kelsey. Yep. And then we got Chloe, who's hopefully going to make it. She's first alternate. So I, I got to yeah. message her that we're we're still praying to the gods. Um, Absolutely. And then for the men, we got me, you, and Newt, and Alex. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just people have been at, people have been going crazy over who got it for powerlifting America. So um, we got Greg down there, second alternate. You know, this is this is one where we need to talk about it. We need to stop and talk about it because. The guy who's ahead of him is a Ukrainian, but Ukraine already has two. And so, like, you know, hopefully everybody knows you can only have two people per weight class, just like Worlds. But even in a super weight class at World Games, you can only have two Ukrainians. So Greg basically is first first alternate. Next up if someone drops out. But if you look, it's kind of weird. Like, what the fuck is IPF wildcard? You know, that's what Larissa got. So it seems like they double dip because – there's a European wild card she could have got, but they gave it to another female lifter. We uh, didn't check who it was. But there's this wild card IPF for Zalim Kuvumbayev. Mm, so that bumps Greg out. It bumped Greg out. Greg Greg's next up. From Kazakhstan. So what I've heard about this guy, and, and it sucks, I could have done more research, but is that this guy is a former uh, drug failure. And I don't know. He wasn't at Worlds, so I don't know if he's been lifting. Look him up. I've never heard of this name. can do it live. He did Asian Classic and equipped bench press in 2021. Oh, no. He he wore equipment, so he, he lifted at Asians last week. Turkey. Yeah. And he has, he, he has pretty good numbers. He lifted raw, huh? No, no. It says equipment single. 848 at uh, mm. no, uh, 105. That's Yeah, but I'm saying oh, in, yeah, in, he, did in he did classic raw. He did classic worlds. I don't know why this guy is so special. It seems like he's he's a pretty decorated lifter, but... Um, he's a decent raw like lifter. It looks like he failed a drug test in 2013. What? In, in check? No, 2013. Oh, go down. down. It yeah. says DD. It says keep going. DD right there. I think that's doping. You see DD at placing? One up. Ah, uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he served a suspension, but, like, uh, I just don't think you should be getting a wild card if you served a suspension. Huh. You know? <clears throat> this doesn't make any sense. Also, he's never been to a quick world championship ever kind of weird but again so i think that sucks because i think greg should be in there um but what are you gonna do man um i heard some countries are gonna form a complaint i was actually thinking about texting your dad and seeing if we could we could just send a letter saying like you know we respectfully want to express our disappointment with the choice made here like i don't obviously i don't want usvi to 
to cause a shitstorm with IPF like USAPL did. <laughs> but I mean, I think something should be said, you know? Yeah. Which kind of sucks. So the IPF is just trying to like stir the pot up, get as many countries in as they can, make it seem more international. That's why they're throwing this guy in. Yeah, there's a lot of things that they talk about. And I, Babel, you you were with us in Dubai where yeah. they were talking about how they want to hit all these metrics about, yeah. oh, we have lifters from every continent yeah. and, and this and that. And this shit happens all the time. When we were in Norway, I was like with Luis on this like boat cruise and I was talking like, oh, yeah, like four years ago they had this like South American girl, South African girl who like kind of sucked and she wasn't even that good, but she got in because they needed an African wild card. And I was talking to a lifter from South Africa. But I knew that that wasn't the lifter. It was like a shorter girl, looked completely yeah. different. But she had someone with her, and the girl with her goes, "Oh, that was me." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Dead ass." I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, that must have been a really cool experience." Like, oh, shit. But like, people that don't deserve to be there always get in because they're always trying to hit some metric. Like, it's it's kind of silly. I don't know. So Just I have objects. no. I have no idea what this does for the IPF. Like it would make sense if it was like an African lifter or something, but like Hassanin got the African wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't get it, but, and, and it sucked because it, I think it wouldn't even raise that many eyebrows if this guy wasn't a former doping failure. Also, yeah. like it's kind of a bummer. How, how do these yeah. decisions get made? Like who do we talk to to figure out exactly, you know, they, is there a meeting where they, they, People present I, it? I like can, what, what? I can happens? tell you, there's no meeting. There, no. It's just, it's probably just backdoor deals and emails, and there's there's a one man decision board yeah. at the IPF right now. So, all right. Well, let's look yeah. at the super heavyweights because I know you know when it comes to the competition. You know, being there, you're very you've got good sportsmanship. You, you're friends with all these folks. Is there anything you know on this that? you'd want to talk, talk some trash about, or how's this look? Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. So the, the big elephant in the room was how the fuck did Steve Mann get a wild card? Like, you know, Steve Mann, I don't know if he's mad at me or not right now, but he, he wouldn't come on the podcast. We were joking on the last episode. Cause this didn't come out, but we knew. <laughs> yeah. And like, Steve know like Steve knows that I I love the guy like he's the first guy I ever met in powerlifting and like without Steve treating me well and helping me at the the meet he ran which was my first meet ever that I decided to just drive to randomly um like maybe I wouldn't have you know been in the USAPL for so long if someone didn't treat me well you know but Steve did and uh he was you know, and Luis and I have talked about this all the time. Like, do you remember when Steve Mann was squatting 915 mm-hmm. and like benching high sixes and like really impressive lifter? But yeah. that's just not the Steve Mann of right now. Yeah. I remember like, him at the Arnold. Be- I saw him lifting at the Arnold and it was like, it was breathtaking. I remember he just looked like a, yeah, gi- a giant squat baby with glasses. Yeah, he was awesome. Awesome. One of the best. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's been, been the world's, um, you know, competed at junior worlds, open worlds, master worlds. Um, he's just done it all. But like, I don't know. I, now I see he's training really hard. So maybe he can get back. He's not that old. I mean, he, yeah. he can get back to his top level and that would be awesome to see, but I just don't see how 
even from Daytona, like how you couldn't pick somebody else. Like there's Charles Schufer or, um, you know, there, there were just other lifters that could have been, been there. Shane Brady. I, I don't know. Scott's upset, but Scott knows he got yeah. not able to, to grab that because he, he, he had a shot, but it's unfortunate so there's for Steve, Scott. There's Steve there. I think, you know, from my inside sources, how it was done was like Bonica and Noah got it on merit, right? Mm-hmm. Heather was kind of like an IPF political choice. And then Steve was kind of like the power of thing America, like choice. So it was kind of like one from both end and then the two in the middle that, that were legit. Yeah. So, I mean, they made the decision based on Daytona, like what GL Point? Yeah, I don't know if he's next up. Was he I next up? Scott on. He's probably, I don't think he was next up. There's no way. I, I don't see how no. he could be next up when Charles Schufer lifted. Charles Schufer lifted, right? Yeah, but I don't think he, he's lifting equipped anymore. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. These, these, all these, I mean, some of these decisions seem arbitrary. I think it's frustrating for me as a lifter. You know, like you step on the platform, you put all this weight on your back. And you grind to kind of get these spots, and then you get to World Games, and some people just kind of slide in. And like, so I, I feel for my boy Scott, I feel for Greg, I feel for Chloe. Um, I don't know. It's, it it doesn't. Yeah, this sport should be only based on merit, and that, maybe that's idealistic, but um, it kind of sucks. It, it 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 should be, and it's not. But I, my other problem is, and I didn't pay attention every single weight class. <laughs> Yeah, so there you see there's Shane Brady, there's Austin Perkins, there's James Vang. Where's Steve, you know? Oh, by the way, if you guys are listening to this, the reason why I was supposed (laughs) to be at Alex's tonight to do this pod and celebrate, but Alex has Omicron, so (laughs) forgive his coughing. No, my, my mic was off. It's not recorded. Uh, all right, so he's Term- coughing, but for, they can hear me uh, coughing. <laughs> <laughs> I turn, we were, I turn we were my supposed mic to be off. together. We tried to do it together as much as possible, but we had to cancel today. But we still figured we can get Ian, uh, Ian on. But yeah, there you go. Steve Mann's the twenty sixth. Okay. So all these people, there's a lot of other people who could have been the representative yeah. for powerlifting America. So, so Noah's I think it was just comes down to a yeah. choice. Dobbins is eight, but he, he cucked himself. He went out on his sword. He went to USVI. If he didn't, you know, he the probably would have made it. Here, the person who got screwed here within the rules, like I, I get the USVI <laughs> thing. If you take your shot, that's your shot. But I think Vang got screwed. Yeah. How come, how come Vang? I don't know. So get, yeah, we got Austin Perkins, Shane Brady. Austin might have decided to stay raw and do the pro card thing, but Vang would have Vang would have accepted this in a split second. Yeah. So I, it's just Schufer. not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, let's go back to it. My other problem with these are that Julian of, Johansson, a lot of bomb outs from Worlds. Yangsen <laughs> and Manolo Campos, which all those guys I have respect for, especially. Uh, Manolo Campos, like I was mad before Worlds about what qualifying totally is, but then we like trained together and he just like was so nice to me. I'm like, you know, I'm such a dick. Um, 
This guy's so great. He seems like a nice guy, but but we but, do we do like to crack jokes when we see some you know some of the feats he does. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thousand pound equip block pulls with straps and shit like that. Yeah. But like, you should be like, send Yang Sen set the squat world record and then decide yeah. to open his deadlift at a PR and bomb out of worlds, and he gets a wild card. I'm just like. You know, like people need to be held accountable. Like if you went to an Olympic qualifier and Olympic weightlifting and you bombed out, like you're done. It's yeah. done. It, the, the second chance. And I know for me that, you know, lifting for USVI and, uh, you know, lifting the supers where a GL score sucks, that if I bombed, I knew I was done. And that was fine. I actually, you know, for a moment there, I thought I was, I bombed, but you know. God, the God's willing that day. I got two white lights in my third bench. And we talked <clears> about that, but I would have been fine with it. It is what it is. Just put me out to pasture. I don't know why these guys, I would turn this shit down. Like when's the last time, you know, one of these guys lifted good. Honestly, when's the last time? And, and Julian Johansson yeah. bombed out of last world games. He lifted all right at Dubai. Yeah, he did. He did. But, you know. And, you know, but his showing at Worlds, you know, he seems like a very nice guy, of course, but his lifting at Worlds is not good. Yeah, it was bad. It was it not was good. Bad, and, I mean, Sen Yang, I guess, like, we had talked about this before. It's like, if you can set a world record, they they want to put you on, right? So, like, yeah. he can set the squat world record. I guess it makes sense, right? It's good to have, like more lifters from Asia and stuff like that. I guess yeah. here it's, it is like about trying to fill in the diversity. Right. So it makes, it makes a little more sense, but I guess like compost and Johansson, this weight class got crazy it's because like it's kind of crazy. There's five wild cards in it. So I mean, they can, when you shovel, they can when put up big numbers, right? They can put up big numbers. They're capable yeah, of Julian, it. Right. Julian straight up before. Yeah. Yeah, he beat you in Dubai, and he can set a deadlift world record, maybe, you know? So, yeah, I guess it makes sense. But he kind of gets, like, the shoe in, and, and Campos gets the shoe in, and it's like, uh, maybe maybe there's a couple other lifters in the reserves that, that might deserve this a little bit more, you know? I mean, look at who's on the reserves. They're all killers. So, yeah. I mean, Rubitz kind of screwed himself. He can't get in. But I mean, Goryachev is a better lifter. Belkasir is a better lifter. Dobbins, if he pulls his head out of his ass, is a better lifter. It's just like, I mean, it, I mean, Steve Mann's in there. I mean, but watch, I don't even know what GL points mean anymore. Steve Mann might GL point me. I don't even fucking know. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, venting, venting done. There's nothing else we need to say about the uh, World Games. I don't think so. I think uh, mo like ninety percent of it was straight up, but there's just a couple situations that are weird. But so I think we had to talk about them. Yeah. So I mean, is there anything we want to talk about in terms of like the USA powerlifting situation, or is that going to be too big of a can of worms to open up right now? I mean, like I think it's uh, big, man. I think we need to do. I think we need to do another episode yeah. for a lot of this stuff. I'm just curious. Like I know, like since we have Ian on here uh, and like, I don't, we'll, we'll probably try to wrap this up soon, but I'm curious, like since you're kind of USVI kind of watching from afar, but you're very involved in the USA, you know, uh, powerlifting scene and have been for a while and you know, all these folks, um, like what do you think is going to happen next year? You know, 
as far as like I guess like, like we've seen we've Allison's seen gonna do yeah or? we've seen where some of the chips have fallen you know uh, like with lifters you know choosing allegiances and kind of the direction yeah. the USA powerlifting is going like do you think it's basically gonna just become all raw USA powerlifting and just like the old folks and equipped are gonna go to you know PA or like what like what like what how do you think it's gonna shake out? I mean, I, I'm assuming the old folks, <laughs> look at all the masters lifters and the equipped lifters will go to will go to PA. Um, it seems USAPL is focusing a lot on the raw with the pro series and all that stuff, which is great. Like I'm all for people getting paid. Like I'm all for people getting paid and for lifting. Um, but my main concern when I started making all this is it doesn't seem like there's any money for equipped lifters. Um, and I, mean, I feel like that's what USA powerlifting kind of cut their teeth on and grew the sport with was kind of us, like in the beginning, equipped lifting, mm-hmm. as far as raising our national profile, going to Worlds and all that. So that's a little disappointing. So I hope I hope they get some money for those people. Yeah. Um, but if there's not going to be those type of opportunities, you know, like Joe was saying, like we look for glory, mm-hmm. right? And if you want glory, you got to be able to get to the IPF. I think I, I think there is sense. money there. I think there is money there. I just think they don't they don't have like once we all left. Like there's just not enough equip equip lifting was already down in numbers. I think once we all left and, you know, that brings a lot, like our crews would leave too. Like, it's not just us, like people are going to leave and go to powerlifting America or USVI. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just not enough left to make it, you know, Oh, competitive enough to give out the money. But I think they are trying to do cash prizes for equipment. It's just yeah. the, the, the interest isn't there. What I'm more, what I'm more seeing is, there's raw lifters that are choosing to go to powerlifting America, like Heather Connor, Bonica. Well, Bonica's going over. Amanda Lawrence is going over. Yep. Um, Taylor Atwood announced he was going Taylor, over. Yep. And and that, a couple pods ago, that's what I said. I said there's going to be a few that go, the elite go, and then within a few years, I think everybody's going to go because they're going to want to compete with those people. Um, and like. IPF's not perfect. Obviously, we're talking about these situations with World Games where we're disappointed and stuff, but it it is where the best competition is. Like, I mean, if you're going to tell me that the Pro Series is going to be like that meat saber schnitzer put on, there's going to be seven spotters and a, and a red carpet and in the middle of a CrossFit gym, like, I don't think that has the long-term draw that people think it does. Like, it's it's how I talk about these, these like, rap-only meats that give – 20 grand like there's always name changes location changes they're never they, it's maybe they get three annual you know boss of bosses and then like nobody cares about boss of boss anymore i think it would be similar to that like okay yeah. this guy in virginia is running a pro meet and a crossfit gym and he's got some led screens like it's not a real international high competition high caliber event it's cool yeah. in the short term but I think with the combination of people like Taylor Atwood and Amanda Lawrence, the two best lifters in the USAPL yeah. by body weight uh, leaving, that it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And then there's the other side of the spectrum where I think it's hilarious. The, the Russ or he like, uh, like that signing day <laughs> yeah. announcement where I was surprised he picked uh, USA power thing. And people, dude, I got that DM to me so many times. Like, Oh, you're going to roast this. You're going to roast this. Like, I thought it was funny. Like, obviously he's doing it as satire. Like he doesn't take that shit seriously. Yeah. I think Russ, I mean, for him, powerlifting, he, he does YouTube, he does all this stuff. You know, I think 
money situation. It doesn't really matter which way he goes. I think USA, USAPL has a, a big enough following. People that are buying his merch, all that stuff, probably mostly in the USAPL anyway, right? And he makes a lot of money off his social media and merchandise and all that and his gym and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think uh, you have a bigger market in the USAPL, at least for now. So it doesn't mean he can't switch over, right? doesn't mean he can't switch in the future, yeah, right? So exactly. it makes I think sense. Eventually he will. It makes sense for him. And, like, to me, I think, like, it, it's basically – the, it's like basically USAPL and USAPL like pro, you know, like it's basically with two different federations having that tiered system that like we want that the USAPL wanted to do that the IPF wouldn't allow, right? Of having like the I, the IPF like WADA compliant pro like international competing group and local level competitions that are drug tested under whatever. So it's like kind of like that. It's just kind of like equip powerlifting is getting decimated or, you know, shifted over more quickly, I think. Um, and like, it's good on the USAPL. I think that they do and they do have the right intentions. They are trying to get people paid on the equip side, but like Joe said, most of the equip lifters are already gone and the, the level of competition is not there. And, and I think, you know, most of the money from the USAPL is coming from raw. So it's like, you know, if the yeah. draw, if the draw is not there, they should pay kind of, proportional to where the money's coming from well that's right? that's the thing like the usapl is still it's still run by equipped lifters i don't think they're purposely yeah. shunning equipped lifter, no. lifting like the ec is eight out of 11 or like equipped yeah. lifters or they're something like that they're good people but i think it's just they're they're seeing it slip away um yeah. especially when you know we we all jump ship so quick because no, it the the x factor was it was also world games qualifying year so there wasn't like anything where you know, lifter like me or Ian or Newt's going to be like, okay, we'll just wait to see what happens. No, everybody fucking left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and there's just not as many. So I think they just know that it's not sustainable in the future. But I think the real X factor will be like with the money stuff is that you're going to have a lot of raw lifters trickle over and do IPF again. There's all these really good lifters who have never been to IPF world since it's so competitive. So those people are going to go right over a lifter like Russ, who's won a couple IPF worlds. He might not want to move over right away, but when they see that big money meet that they were going to do in the UK, when that comes back, I think that will be another thing. It's like, well, the pro series is cool. 7,500 bucks, but I can go win 30 K over there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that will change it too. When the IPF gets that back on the schedule, what was that thing called? Bell? The SBD, uh, uh, fuck, what was it called? The fucking I was stupid gonna, I was going to go there. Uh, Lou, what was that meet called? <laughs> the SBD cash meet that, that you were going to go work. Uh, it was Sheffield. Sheffield. It was just called yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield. <laughs> Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. When they bring that back, I think, you know, a lifter might like Ashton or a lifter yeah. like Russ might be like, oh, well, I'm fucking, I'm the man. Like, yeah. these guys, they're so good. They got to sit there and think they're the man, right? Like, I fucking think I'm the man. I'm like... You know, they must think I'm the man. So if they see someone winning $30,000, they're going to be like, well, I'm the fucking man. I'm going $30,000. I'm not faulting them for that, but I got to just imagine that's going to happen. It's like mm -hmm. if Michael Jordan's watching somebody win a championship when he was playing baseball, he's like, yo, fuck yeah. this. Well, you so, know? So what's what's the deal? We touched on this a little bit before, but is, is SBD still going to be sponsoring stuff in the USAPL? I think, well? I think so. I think I might have been a little wrong. I think they're – they're they're sponsoring powerlifting America, but they also might continue to sponsor some USAPL. Yeah, there's no reason they, they could do it. They could they could do whatever whoever they want. they want, right? Yeah. yeah. 
it, it would mm-hmm. it would only make sense, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure a lot of the USAPL's prize money is coming from the sponsors, right? From SBD and whoever. Um, yeah. That Virginia meet, yeah, it was pretty. It was kind of whack, but like I think a lot of the raw lifters ate it up. Like some of the posts I was seeing, they were loving it, right? We talked about that. Bro, People I, I posting the walk, the walkouts and shit, and like yeah. my first pro meet, and people loved it. But I think the other pro series meets, hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming, are going to be more like kind of like the Arnold and like probably more yeah. organized by the USAPL. The and, Arnold and will be sick still. Like they kind of mm. like squeeze that first one in because the the guy's gonna pay a lot of money anyway, but they probably shouldn't have. Uh, like they probably should have well, been more cohesive in their branding, like throughout all the pro yeah. series meets. Well, one thing I saw that like the next year's Virginia Pro is like TBD. So I was like, okay, it's not gonna happen next year. The guy's not gonna give out his own money every year. He didn't make any money. He didn't make money off the live stream like he thought he was because they were charging for the live stream. Another thing I saw was that he posted like, oh, Ray Williams told me, hey, man, I've been all around the world and and seen all these meets, and this is the best meet I've ever done. I'm like, Ray Williams wouldn't say that. Yeah. It's just not possible to do a meet in a CrossFit gym and have it be better than all the Arnolds and all the IPF worlds that Ray's ever done. Yeah. There's just no way. And imagine if Ray lifted at the baddest bencher. You know, just imagine that. <laughs> That's the best meet in the world. Dude. That was the best meet of 2021. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going next year, dude. Dude, so. the timing. We talked about the timing. It's bad, right? Yeah, he moved it to May, but I'm still gonna go. All right. So, what do you guys think was? All right. First of all, like your favorite lift. I think I know Ian's already. Your favorite lift of the year, and like personally, and also. What do you think was the greatest strength feat in powerlifting this year? We'll close on this. Yeah, I guess so. We're yeah, we're, we're like at an hour and a half, so we've we've yeah. I got a leg of lamb braising in the oven. I gotta go take a look at it, dude. I got some lollipops. They're, they're marinating. <laughs> Joe, go ahead, Ian. Joe, all right. Oh, no. you want me to go? All right. My favorite lift personally from the year, for me. I mean, there's not a lot to choose from. I competed twice, but I just my third bench at Worlds is so hilarious. I can't get over it. Like the amount, the amount of, the amount of like just shit talk I got from people who listened from the pod. Like, Dude, oh, you, it was bad. Like, I was like, yo, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why don't you, why don't you go qualify for Worlds and lay under 350? I feel I'm Scott Mendelson now. Lay under it, lay under it, and then tell me something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, I was crying. I thought you bombed. I thought it was over. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest feat of strength that I've seen, uh, I think it's Iron Bibby, dude. Iron Bibby. Iron Bibby's, Iron Bibby's overhead press. Mm, I mean, you bad. said feat of strength. You didn't yeah. say power lift. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could we could go into whatever. Yeah. Or, 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 uh, actually... Iron Bibby was cool. I'm really impressed by Iron Bibby. I always thought Iron Bibby was going to press a shit ton over his head, even before people knew who Iron Bibby was. Yeah, you better not but take mine. I don't know what yours is, but Lasha, weightlifting world. Oh, yeah. 225 snatch and a mm. 267 clean and jerk, highest total ever. I mean, yeah. it was pretty fucking insane. I really enjoy watching that guy lift, but I always caveat it with when he was a junior lifter, he popped. Yeah. So people should know that about, you know, he's not, I don't think he's like the greatest of all time or anything, but he is a cool weightlifter to watch. 
Who's so. doing that shit, man? Nobody. It's Who's impossible. I mean, he's huge. He's I think huge. That's that's that probably takes the cake, probably for you know feats of strength of the year. Yeah. Think, and in but. in person for powerlifting, the craziest shit I saw was Jimmy Cobb's single ply bench. That shit was fucking crazy. Yeah. So right. that's pretty good. Thank you. All right. All right, Ian, what do you think? So I guess my my personal favorite lift was was the three one three ninety one I did at yeah. nationals. Also because it was just hilarious to me because I know I didn't lock that shit out, but I was like I got <laughs> was, to a certain point it was like, good. let me just drop this chin. It was it was better than it was better than Joe's bench. I'll tell you that. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was about <laughs> evenly locked out. Those are dead <laughs> even. Those are dead, <laughs> dead even. <laughs> so he didn't need it to stay in the meat. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> you owe Newt yeah, some I money, got... but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got some heat from. I got some heat about uh, that little after the meat. I thought that was hilarious too. Mm. Yeah, I tried. Um, I tried to come to your come to your like. I tried to talk shit back to that kid Garrett Fear. I slid into I his DMs, like, yeah. but he didn't even he didn't want the smoke. He didn't want it. He didn't yeah. want the smoke. Nah. Yeah, you were hype. Uh, you were hype strength. after that one because you. I remember you were talking oh, about yeah. how you like talking shit. I, I got it. You like ran through a crowd of people. You were going. You were going off. That was sick. I was I was out of this world because I was I was sure I was going to get two reds. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then three, three, three whites came. I was like, oh yeah. my god, that was sick, unbelievable. That was sick. Uh, best strength feat. I mean, I got a watching Ashton squat at nationals in person was pretty, pretty wild. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was just, you know, I think about where the sport was like ten years ago, um, raw and like nobody. I mean, that's inconceivable what he did. And nationals are kind of what it is. Yeah, eight oh five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody was. Yeah. So that was that was crazy watching that run. His deadlift too. I mean, that was wild as well. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But also like Chad Chad Benson at what me was that the Kern? Mm. Yeah, the Kern like, was the one he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think anybody could touch touch hat, and I had not heard of Chad Benson before that meet. Um, but that was a crazy performance. That's a good one. Cause I said the same thing. I didn't know who the fuck he was and he beat, he beat, they were still using dot. I think they might've been still using Wilkes and he beat Dan Bell too, which yeah. is hard to do. Yeah. That I'm was say, crazy. I say some of Dan Bell's squats and knee wraps have been pretty crazy. They've been pretty crazy too. Yeah. All right, Alex, what do you got? Yeah. I don't even know. People don't care about my lifting, but I, did I, was that even this year when I squatted six in a scuba suit or something? Was that yeah, still this so. year? I think that so. was sick. Um, yeah, there was an all time bench world record, you know, this Your year. Your boy, Tiny Meeker? All time, all time. <laughs> <laughs> tiny Meeker, dude. Big Tiny. He, he is the man. I, this, tiny. this. <laughs> this is a question I wanted to ask you, Alex. What yeah. do you think? And I think it's good because we have Ian on here. I think you've listened to most of the episode. What was your favorite podcast that we did? Like your favorite guest, I think. You're asking me or Ian? Yeah, I'm asking you first. I'll ask Ian too. My favorite one? Yeah. I think Dan Bell. Yeah. I think Dan Bell was one of them. But like, that was so fucking cool. We've had a lot that were just like really fun. 
just like funny ones like to listen over like i don't listen to the podcast but like <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know there was some good there were some good ones like and i like the i like the guests like some of the ones with dobbins like the one <clears throat> the one where we like did it in texas that was pretty cool i think like, that's that my fun. favorite the one the one that's yeah, titled but, Too Hot for YouTube, I think is the best one. Yeah, where we did like MFK and like we probably should take it down. Like <laughs> That was a good that one. That was a really good one too. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite guest was um other, other than Dan. You're saying Bell. this year or like of all time? But we had cause we had Carl, you know. Yeah, no, this year though. I think I think Ryuki was really sick. Oh, that was a really good one too. Yeah, that was pretty unique. Ian, you're a connoisseur of the pod. What's your favorite episode? Yes, yeah, definitely a fan of the pod. Um, I would have to say Dan Bell, uh, just because like I knew he was crazy, but I didn't I didn't know a lot about him, and it was a cool kind of insight into his personality too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good one. But anytime you get Sherman talking, I just love people on Sherman. That was so, a good one, dude. That was really yeah, Sherman's good. that's that's up there for me too. Yeah. We gotta get him back on with some more stories, some some more Gene Bell stories. Sherman has <laughs> stories. All Sherman's stories. got the best stories. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll let you get to the uh Georgia game. Georgia's up seven nothing. Okay. Ooh, all right. <laughs> all right, Bill. We appreciate you coming on. Happy New Year. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. I don't know. At least at World we'll Games. Be... Yeah, we'll be there. We'll, we'll at the very least see you in July. But thanks for having me on, boys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll be talking to you. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, Happy later. New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Later.